have your Bibles open to the book of Psalms, chapter 19. I do have a lot of jokes, and you know, wherever I go, they would, after the preaching, they'll shake my hands, and they said, Pastor, that was a good joke, so I don't want you to remember the joke. I want you to remember the principles of the Word of God today. In Psalm chapter 19, beginning from verse 1, actually, I'm just going to read for purposes of time. I'm just going to read uh, uh, three verses, uh, beginning from verse 8 all the way to 11. The Bible says in verse 8, in Psalm 19, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honeycomb, and than honey and honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and keeping of them there is great reward. Our precious Heavenly Father, I stand before the holy presence of God. Lord, I am so inadequate. I feel so inadequate this morning. But I pray, dear God, that you've said in the book of Philippians, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I thank you, dear Lord, for West Coast Baptist College. Thank you for all the staff and the students you brought here. There's a huge, huge potential in this room this morning. Thank you for Dr. Chapel and his testimony, his influence, not only confined in the city of, 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 of uh, Lancaster, but even all over the world. I thank you, dear God, for the, for the work that you've done here. In just a very few moments, dear Father, have the opportunity to challenge these great people about church planting in Los Angeles. Oh, God, please give me the anointing of God. Give me the clarity of my thoughts. I pray that you will be the one to be seen as I preach the word of God. As John the Baptist says, you must increase. He must increase. I must decrease. Talk to your people today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things. Out of thy law. There are probably a few hundred people here in this auditorium this morning. And every one of you see things differently. I see ministry differently from the way some of you students see ministry. Dr. Shetler would see things differently than the way you see things. When a uh, patient would come into a doctor's office, a doctor would see that patient as a sick person. When a businessman or a customer would come in to uh, his establishment, uh, he would see that person as a potential business. When a cop sees an offender, he sees him as a criminal. When a, pers- when a teacher sees a person, he sees that person as his student. When a su- student sees his midterm, he sees that as a persecution. A young man sees a pretty girl as a potential date. A son or a daughter sees their parent as a bank account. A husband sees his in-laws as an enemy. A wife looks at his husband as a credit card. I know you know the story of the credit card. Forget it now. Less than a year ago, I went to visit my eye doctor to check my vision. I realized after driving a few hours, my eyes start to get watery and blurry. 
I would feel like my eyes get so tired and get so, gets, gets to my nerves. I sat on these gadgets she used to look through my eyes to find out what was going on. Then she had me through different lenses. My doctor told me that I have to change and increase my grade. I said, why? He said, because you're getting old. <laughs> That's not too comforting. In the same way, we cannot see thoroughly our vision until we look through the eyes of God. The Bible says in verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. We see things differently from the way God sees it. As a matter of fact, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, God said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Prophet Samuel looks at the physical stature. God looks at the heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Joshua sees obstacle, but God sees opportunity. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand. I like that. He says, See, I have given into thine hand. He used the word past there. I have given. And they were looking around Jericho. And God said, that's yours. And I think of Los Angeles, as you look around Los Angeles, some of you here might be called somewhere else. But I want you to consider for a moment Los Angeles. Four million people with two independent Baptist church that I know of. And God said, see, I have given you Los Angeles. Many years ago, I... I was living over there in that area. I moved here because of West Coast Baptist College, and I thought that God is leading me here and finished my college. On the, fourth, or the third year of my, my, my college, uh, my pastor, Faith Baptist Church, told me there is a, a work that they wanted to start an Asian ministry over in Torrance area. And I said, uh, I just move out from there. That's about 90 miles from here. And I started praying about it. They set an appointment with the pastor over there. And uh, truth of the matter is, I didn't show up in that appointment. I said, I'm not ready for this. I'm, I want to finish my college. And uh, lo and behold, God convicted me. After, after a few months, I, on, a, on a midweek service, I talked to my pastor. But a few weeks before that, God just convicted me. And God said, why didn't you go? God convicted me, and 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 and, and a midweek service, uh, uh, the pastor mentioned again about that that place, an Asian ministry over in the city of Torrance. And I said, Pastor, God has been convicting me about this. I said, I want to go. I went there. When I got there, the pastor told me, Brother Rudy, it's in been it's been in my heart that I wanted to start an Asian ministry. There's a predominantly Asian 
uh, people here in the area of Torrance and Carson and Long Beach area. I said, but he said, Pastor, we can't give you any salary. He says, well, whatever the offering, that will be your expenses for your gas. My pastor told me, well, we we'll give you support. They gave me $100 support for one month. $100 support. That's only good for three gas of tank. I went there and I said, okay, it's a deal. I started to work without any support but $100, Dr. Shettler. And uh, my first offering, our first offering was $82. I said, yes, I have lunch for my kids. The next week, it went up to about 100 and, uh, uh, Within three months, we were hitting about 300 every week. After about uh, five, six months, uh, we're hitting about 500, 600. You imagine that 90 miles one way. I would travel there three times a week, knock on doors, hit some doors. And thank God that God always will bring people to the footstep of the church. In eight months, we were hitting $800. Souls are being saved. And that Baptist tree, tree that hasn't been stirred for many, many months, it got start stirring. Almost every week we had baptism, baptism, and baptism. On the eighth month, we were hitting $800. I said, wow, I got $800 every week. The pastor came to know about it. He said, Rudy, why don't you come to my office? I said, yes. He says, well, I, I heard your offering now is $800. Why did you bring, not $800,000, why did you bring your offering and we will support you? Amen. So they took, they took the $800, they gave me $500 support a week. I said, that's not fair. Anyway. When I went there, this verse motivated me. God said, see, I have given you Carson. Moses sees difficulty. God sees deliverance. Saul and the nation of Israel see giant. David sees God. Sarah saw barrenness and went to adoption through artificial insemination. <laughs> God saw Isaac. Jonah saw a big whale swallowing him. God sent a submarine to take him to Nineveh. Balaam saw a stubborn donkey. God saw a talking donkey. Peter saw Boston's sea. Jesus saw a flatbed ocean that he could walk through. Peter saw no fish all night. Jesus saw on the other side abundant fish. Mary saw her son, Jesus, bruised, bleeding, naked at the cross, brutal, agonizing pain, injustice, betrayal. But Christ sees the cross as the redemption, salvation, eternal life for men. The Bible says, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Wherefore, the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He was suspended between heaven and earth, going through some agonizing pain. But he says, the joy that was set before him enduring the pain. Because he was looking at souls, ladies and gentlemen. And my friend, how do you see Los Angeles? As Dr. Shetler just said earlier, he drove through Los Angeles and he saw traffic. But listen, my friend, we need to see Los Angeles as a potential soul. This morning, I want to look at four inspiring insights from these passages as we look through the eyes 
of God. And the title of the message, Looking to the Eyes of God. First of all, notice in verse 1, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. The firmament or expanse of heaven shows the handiwork of God. First of all, I see the potential are clear. Being in a ministry, there's huge potential. And David illustrates the fact this is on the last uh, uh, part of the life of David when he wrote Psalm 19. And he has gone through uh, the great things that God has done in his life. And he says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. There's no doubt that David was speaking about the great potential. And my friend, the potential is very clear in the ministry. I thank God that after 16 years of being in business, I heeded to the call of God and surrendered my life full-time in the ministry. And up until today, I have no regrets. In the first five years of the ministry, I've had so many invitations to go back to business. Many years ago, I was in school here, Dr. Shetler. A friend of mine came over, and um, I was in real estate development back in the Philippines. And uh, he knew me. He knew, I knew all the documentations and all of that. He says, uh, he says, Rudy, I bought a property in Lancaster, 154 acres. That was back in 2002. And he says, why don't you accompany me? I'm going to full pay it. And I want you to look at all the documentation. I said, okay. So I went there and got all the documentation, looked at it and all the deeds and everything. And then he says, he handed me over all the documents. He says, wasn't this your dream to develop? He says, I just got a contract, $25 million from Tommy Hilfiger. He says, I want you to develop this. That was in 2002. That would have been a great opportunity for me. That would have been a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to catch my dream of being a developer. But this is what I told him. I said, I'm sorry, I'm no longer in that business. I am in the Lord's business. He even told me, why don't you put up a church over there? I said, no, I'll be competing with Lancaster Baptist Church. (laughs) The potential is clear. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 12, the Bible says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the balance, the mountains and scales, and the hills in balance. Think about this. You are working for God. The God who created the universe. There's a great potential in Los Angeles area. Los Angeles County, officially the county of Los Angeles, is the most populous county in the United States. Its population larger than that of 42 individual states. It has 88 incorporated cities and 134 unincorporated areas. And at 4,083 square miles, it is larger than the combined areas of U.S. states of Delaware and Rhode Island. There are, 76, uh, uh, there are 76 other communities, unincorporated communities in Los Angeles County. The estimated population is one, uh, 1 million out of total of 9.8 million of the entire county. The county is home to more than one quarter of California residents and is one of the most ethnically diverse counties in the U.S., 
Its county seat, the city of Los Angeles, is also its most populous city at about 4 million. Orange County, not to mention, is a county with the U.S. state of California. As of 2010 census, the population was 3 million, making it the third most populous county in California, the sixth most populous in the United States, and more populous than 21 U.S. states. Combined Orange County and Los Angeles County, you're looking at 12 million souls there. In the city where I am pastoring, Carson. Carson has 90,000 people. One independent Baptist church. Long Beach next to Carson is 495,000 people. Three independent Baptist churches. In Torrance, 145,000 population, two independent Baptist church. Gardena, 69,000 population, two independent Baptist churches. City of Los Angeles, four million, three independent Baptist churches. Listen, my friend, notice in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The potential is clear when it comes to conversion. I praise the Lord for the past, we will be celebrating our 15 years anniversary of this coming December. And through those years, we've seen different people come to our church and reach their soul winning on a weekly basis. Souls are being saved. Stubborn people are being saved. Criminals are being saved. I remember I have a, I have a guy, I have a teenage uh, kid, uh, Miguel, his name. One time he came to church. He was reached by one of our staff and he brought with him a small gas tank. And he said... This guy said, what are you doing with the gas tank? He says, uh, well, I'm going to burn the church. I said, what? Why do you want to burn the church? Because you guys are just, just messing up here and in our area. You come here, you bring all those kids. And he was so angry. He wants to, one time he came and he brought that gas tank. And lo and behold, one of our staff led him to the Lord. Miguel got saved. By the way, Miguel, his, his vision is, the, is his ambition. He has a brother by the name of Benjamin. Benjamin was, the, was, a, uh, was 14 years old when he first went to jail. Juvenile. When uh, he came out after 18 years old, I asked him. I asked him, Benji, Benji, how long would you be able to stay outside of jail? He says, Pastor, the maximum is two weeks. I would go in right away. Two weeks. Miguel, that's the ambition of Miguel. Miguel wants to follow the footstep of his brother. Lo and behold, he got saved. His sister got saved. His father got saved. His stepmother got saved. His father went to Bible college. His brother went to Bible college. Miguel went to Bible college. And listen, my friend, his sister last year just surrendered to be a missionary. All because we knock on the door of Miguel, a rowdy, rambunctious kid who wants to burn the church, and God changed his life. Listen, the potential is clear. Conversion is clear. Ugly people become people. You reach different kinds of people in Los Angeles.
Here is different ethnic groups in Los Angeles. I reach a giant lady in Los Angeles. Came to our church. I was preaching. Sunday school. She came in and she was doing like that. I said, the relative of Goliath is here. She stands seven too. When I saw her, I didn't see her through the eyes of God. I saw her. I wonder if she is a basketball player. I said I could be his, her manager. I could make money out of her. She is seven too. Led her to the Lord. She got saved. She says, Pastor, I want to be baptized. I said, how am I going to baptize her? She is seven too. Look at the elevator right there. I, I was imagining how am I going to baptize her. I thought, man, I'll probably baptize her. I now baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Bearing the likeness of his death. Raise up in the likeness of his birth. That's how I'm going to baptize her. Seven, two. I said, I'm going to take you to the ocean and dunk you over the ocean. You are so fortunate here. I've traveled. I was in the Middle East last year. I was in Europe this year. Twice in Europe. When I was in the Middle East, I realized that there's a lot of ethnic groups and different nationalities working, immigrant work, migrant workers. Dr. Shetler, in the Middle East, you're not allowed to pass out tracts. In the Middle East, you cannot... You cannot proselyte a Muslim. Because if, you, if they get converted, if they report you, you're going to be deported right away. Before you get deported, you're going to go to jail first. But on the other hand, if they convert you, they're going to give you money. So if you guys are starting a work in Los Angeles, and if you don't have money for your building, go to Middle East. <laughs> convert as a Muslim... They'll pay you $20,000 and come back here. I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) And then on a Sunday, I was there. I said, if you want to miss church, you go to the Middle East on a Sunday. Because Sunday is a regular day. I said, I didn't feel good. We were having lunch in a mall on a Sunday morning. I said, I have backslidden for 17 years. The first time never went to church on a Sunday. Why? Because their service there is on a Friday. And Sunday is a regular day. But what, what I'm trying to say is this. We have all the freedom that we have here in the United States of America. We can knock on doors anytime. No one's going to stop us. No one's going to throw us to jail. We have all the freedom here in our country. And listen, my friends, the potential is very, very clear By the way, even in circumstances, 
the potential is clear. Notice what the Bible says in verse 12. Who can understand his errors? Who can understand his errors? My friend, when you go to the ministry, I remember the first few months of the ministry. It's not always a bed of roses. There will be challenges. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that God deals with us differently. I was a businessman. God tested me. On the first month of the ministry, my, one of my first converts was my mom. The first month, my mom passed away. On the second month of the ministry, we were up in Yosemite. We had a camp up in Yosemite with my kids. We came home and two of my kids uh, rode in another car who I just baptized previous Sunday. We were coming down and when we came down, we were in a convoy of about, I think, 10 or 12 cars. We were already down the freeway and all of a sudden we were missing one car. And uh, one of our phone rang and it was 911. They said, you have to back out. You have to go back. There's an accident here. One of your convoys met an accident. It was my two kids. My son was airlifted from Yosemite. Almost got killed in that accident. That was the second month of the ministry. On the third month of the ministry, reeling from the death of my mom, reeling from uh, the accident of my son, had numerous surgeries. My wife called me. And she says, Dad, I've, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I talked to the Lord and I said to the Lord, Lord, are you really calling me in the ministry? Who can understand the errors of, actually the word errors, there is misfortunes. And, and there are times that God allows these misfortunes and God allows these obstacles to strengthen us, to mold us. So that when we face some challenges in the ministries, it would be easier for us to handle all those challenges and obstacles in the ministries. Even in circumstances, there's potential. I remember I was visiting Archie. His mom and his dad has been coming to our church and they asked me, Pastor, can you pray for Brother Archie, my, my son? Archie served in the military and uh, he's with the U.S. Army Airborne and and uh, he got sick, was uh, struck with leukemia. I went to visit him in the hospital. He's been coming to our church, but he, he kept saying this. He said to his mom, I hated that pastor. I don't want his preaching. He constantly preached against me. He didn't like it. He hated me. He hated me, but I, I still visited him. I prayed for him. He had a first uh, prospect of bone marrow transplant. And on the day, a week before the bone marrow transplant, which is 96% uh, match, uh, all of a sudden the donor quit. Didn't go through. I went to the hospital who was in the brink of death. And I've been praying. I was praying for him. And I would visit him on a regular basis. And God softened his heart. Lo and behold, we had a match uh, about 70% match, took the risk. Take seven years before you're out of the woods. After the bone marrow transplant, he started coming to church. Went to my office one time after preaching. He was crying. He says, Pastor, tell me what's the reason why God spared my life. He said, Archie, God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. Eventually, I discipled him, ministered to him, and he surrendered his life to the ministry, went to Bible college, 
And I was there two weeks ago, missionary to Hong Kong, reaching souls in the city of Hong Kong. Potential is clear even in circumstances. I was at, uh, I, I had a family reunion and uh, my, it was a Saturday. My, my, my kids told me that let's hit a nice, nice expensive buffet. I'm really glad that uh, Baptist love buffet. Amen. He says, okay. And so we went to this very fancy buffet. It was a Saturday. I thought it was 35 bucks. It was 40 bucks because it's a Saturday. And it's 25% more than eight. So I said, let's split up. I pay for the six. We're on a different table. I said, I'm leaving for the Philippines in one week. I'm going to spend more than $200. So I said, all right. I felt so bad, $200 for a buffet. I sat down there and really lost my appetite. After we finished the buffet, I was just sitting there right across me. It was a cockroach, a small cockroach that fell on the plate of my wife. I said, what? I took a picture of it. I took a video of it. And and I'm not going to tell the restaurant. This is a very known restaurant. And I took a video of it. This manager saw me, Dr. Shetler. And we complained, hey, there's cockroach. He was so apologetic. And he says, please don't post that. I said, I'm just about to post it. (laughs) He says, where is your receipt? Gave gave him the receipt. We'll give you a credit of what you've eaten. How many of you? Six. I said, awesome. (laughs) My son was on the other table, four of them. He heard about it. He says, dad, send me one cockroach. (laughs) My daughter said, Dad, I told you, we should have sat together. We're all going to be free. I told her, no, honey. Because if we were on a different table, there will be no cockroach. <laughs> Even cockroach can be a blessing. <laughs> Pulled out a card. Gave me a card. Because I still, you know, he saw me. I, I wasn't happy about it. He says, here's another six buffet for free. I said, yes. <laughs> Potential is clear. Notice in verse 8 and 9. Notice what the Bible says. Hurry up this time. The Bible says in verse 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. In verse 10, the Bible says, uh, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. My friend, I thank God that God talked to me about going to the ministry. Never in my wildest dream that I will be in a ministry. I'm sitting there and listen to my pastor and preach the word of God. I said, I don't think I'll be able to do what he's doing. But you can never run away from, the, from God's calling. There's so much potential, but my priority changed. And listen, if I look through the eyes of God, and if you look through the eyes of God, you see the potential is clear. But secondly, you will see, you will, you will, your, your priorities will change. Notice what the Bible says. He says, uh, uh, he says in verse 10, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sadly, 
there were always casualties in Bible college. I've heard casualties from Bible college after one year, after three years, after four years. And sadly, even after five years, they graduate, start a ministry, and four or five years they get discouraged. And they quit the ministry. I've had friends in the ministry that quit after five years. I've known people, I've had my own staff that went to Bible college, spent four years in Bible college, and after pastoring, and after five years, uh, just quit the ministry. Because their priorities never changed. When you are in the ministry, your priority will change. When you look things through the eyes of God, your priority will change. It's easy to knock on doors when you are in a group like this. It is easy to go out and win souls for Christ if you're a group of 10 or 20, if you have 20 soul winners. But it is so sad to go out and win souls for Christ if you are in an area that's only you going out soul winning. And you've got a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. I remember when I started the work, I would hit some doors along with my family. For two or three years, I've been hitting doors. And when I graduated, I moved down to Carson. And every day, I have so much time, every day I would hit doors. And I, would, I, I printed 10,000 tracks for about one year. I was the one who finished those tracks. I would spend one, two hours knocking on doors, passing out tracks all over. And sometimes it feels so lonely to be alone. It feels so lonely to, lonely to be going out there and no one's with you except your family. But your family are in school right now and, and, and it's just you in the morning. But my priority changed because I'm trying to see things through the eyes of God. Because every, soul, every, every door that I knock is a potential soul. Every person that I lead to, angels in heaven will be rejoicing. And I would like to see things through the eyes of God because my priorities will change. It certainly is a very lonely business if you are by yourself. But I thank God I just did it faithfully because this is my priority. This is the call of God for me. And listen, two years, three years, four years after, we have soul winners as much as 70, 80 90 people, big days, we have 100 soul winners, regular soul winners. We have about 40, 45 people every Saturday. Praise God for that. And I taught them to change their priority. The Bible says in in, in, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Our priorities change. Thirdly, Notice what the Bible says in verse 8 and 9. One of the things that deviate a lot of church planters is this. They forgot to look at this and articulate this. And the Bible says in verse, verse 8 and 9. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Not only your priorities change when you look things through the eyes of God. Not only the potential is clear, but thirdly, the purpose is clean. The purpose is clean. How easy it is for us to be swayed by this, uh, this uh, new uh, 
thing happening in Independent Baptist Circle today. I feel sad about that. Listen, my friend. You must begin with a heart must be clean. In Psalm 24, verse 3, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Hey, listen, God deals with us differently and distinctly. Some, in the first year, you'll have probably 100. Some will have 200. But listen, if you are placed in a city, there are cities that's not easy field. There are cities that you will probably take you about uh, one year, two years, three years before you could come up with 20 or 30 or 50. There are also different cities that you could go and maybe in one year you have 100 or 150. But listen, the Bible says we are not to compare one to another because you will just get frustrated. And so often when we see that ministry is thriving, which you say probably this ministry it was just started two years ago. I'm already here five years. And there is a tendency for us to change the dynamics and the uh, worship style in churches today. Listen, we're not attracting cr- crowds or building a church. Amen. They would change their music. They would put uh, this thing and that instrument there just to, a crowd, to attract the crowd. Listen, crowd doesn't stay long. They will eventually leave. If you attract them with worldly music, you're on the wrong pace, my friend. Lancaster Baptist Church was built with godly music and great preaching. Bold preaching. This is a testament of the hand of God in this area. I brought the uh, missionaries with me and they were just awe when they saw Lancaster Baptist Church. You don't have to compromise. It would be easy for the millennials, many of you, would compromise because you want to build a church right away. I tell you, There is a price when you continue to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In the first year of our ministry, we were hitting 100. Our first uh, year anniversary. But we plateaued for a while. We were hitting 150. We were overcrowded. We prayed to God and asked the Lord, Lord, please do something. God did miracle. On the sixth year of the ministry, we were able to purchase a property worth $650,000. All through the miracles of God. After three years, on the ninth year of the ministry, we were able to build our building worth $1.3 million without the help of the bank. The worst recession that ever happened in the United States of America in 2009. CCCU, I approached them. ECCU, they told me, that the manager of the bank came to my office and said, Pastor, this is not the right time to build. I said, I know it's not the right time to build. But listen, you're not the one who's going to build this. God will be the one to build this. Did I change my music? No. Did I stop soul winning? No. Did I change the preaching? No. I still preach against sin. Our music is still holy. And bless God. God bless the ministry of Bethel Baptist Church in Carson. 
It may not be as big as Lancaster. It may not be as big in our area, in the city of Carson. I'm surrounded with 12 independent Baptist churches. But God will always find a way to bring some people in your church. Big days, we have 400. Regulars, we have 200. Souls are being saved. In the 15 years we'll be celebrating this December will be 15 years as a church. We've had probably close to about 20 Bible college graduates already. We have four missionaries that we sent out already. Many years ago I was uh, passing out tracks. I met a guy whose actually intention is for his wife. His name is Steve. He's a scientist. Worked for Northrop. Northrop Grumman. Gave him a track and led him to the Lord and eventually started coming to church. Got saved. Took me three years before he got baptized. He teaches catechism. God used this man. When we built the building, he would come to me when I have a sad face and he would tell me, Pastor, what's your problem? I said, you know what the problem is? How much do you need? Well, just to last us for another you know, two weeks, I need about 25000 said, Pastor, I'll come back tomorrow. Give me 25000 He gave me more than $300,000 to build that building. Thank God. I was passing out tracks and met this guy. And he got saved. And now, he's been helping faithfully for 15 years now as a member of Bethel Baptist Church. Don't change. Whatever you've learned here at West Coast Baptist College, stay to it. The music, the preaching, don't compromise. I've heard so many churches have been compromised because they want to attract crowds. Please, do not compromise. And now the culture is changing, especially Los Angeles. But God is going to build a church, not you. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And listen, lastly, I'll close with this. That only when you see things through the eyes of God, potential is clear, priorities change, purpose is clean. But lastly, the price is committed. The price is committed. Notice what the Bible says in verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. In keeping of them, the purity of the work of God. In keeping of them, the conversion, the potential for conversion. In keeping of them, there is great reward. Little did I know back in 2000, when I started the work in Carson, that, that God, 15 or 9 years, 10 years after, there will be a building over there. There will be a Christian school. That there will be, there will be missionaries that was sent out from that church. We are supporting about 100 missionaries all over the world today. After 15 years of our existence. If you're going to Los Angeles, there's a price committed for you. You go to another city, there's already a price committed to you. 
You need to see things through the eyes of God because the potential is clear. But when you see things through the eyes of God, your priorities will change. But remember this. The work of God is clean. The purpose of God is clean. And if you follow those principles, God said, you commit yourself to those. I have a price that's committed to you. I thank God that today our church, I have 12, 11 staff right now. Christian school. We come here every, every, uh, every year during the month of March for fine arts competition. We have young people graduating. I have students here at West Coast Baptist College and some other Bible colleges. Why? Because I started seeing things through the eyes of God.